This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house. He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are people that listen to this show. They are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. Real estate agents, I trust.com. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. I'm Cam Edwards, your fool and host, and I am here at the kitchen table. You might hear a bullet down underneath our feet, and uh, I am joined this week by Miss E. You're feeling better, right? Mostly better. Mostly better? Mostly better. It's still it's persnickety, persnick, post-nasal drip that just does not want to go away, so it leads to coughing and other unpleasantries, but I'll live. Well, I, I hope that uh, you can muddle through. Oh, <coughs> there see? We go. There we go. I hope you can muddle through yeah, for I an hope hour so. or so. So it's been a uh, an interesting evening here on the farm. We uh, we had Valentine babies, and we had baby goats born on the Ides of March. So I thought for sure that uh, we were going to have our final round of goat babies on Easter, just because it would make sense to have thinking, another holiday. I was thinking April Fools. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, uh, we got two babies tonight. As yes. a matter of fact, while we were all gone, see how right? she did that. Yeah, I know, right? While we're at dinner. Uh, the uh, last goat, uh, gave birth to two. Looks like, yeah. Baby goats. Don't know what they are yet. We'll uh, find that out in the morning, but they look healthy and happy. I did post a picture, uh, on Instagram of a very, a couple of very wet goats, newly born. Uh, one of them looks like she, it, it is almost all white. Like mommy. Like mom. May have some, uh, markings on its back legs. And then the, uh, the other one. Uh, looks more spotted. Yeah, I saw some one with. I saw a face with a bunch of little black polka dots on it. Yeah. So. So they look cute. They were both bleating. They were both standing uh, happily. So yeah, they they look healthy, good to go. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of good to go, the goats that are in our house right now, Julius and Brutus, they're they're they, good to go. They were but good they... to go on Tuesday, but the woman completely flaked on me after getting an email saying, "Yeah, last week. Oh yeah, next Tuesday will be great." Twice I contacted her. I'm like, okay, let's meet here. Are we still good? And she still hasn't gotten back to me. And it's the end of Wednesday, right? So I got the to, day after you were supposed right. to meet her, and she yeah. not nothing. So I went. I went to the next person, and uh, he was looking for baby goats for their petting zoo. But I haven't heard from him either. But he might not be the obsessive compulsive email checker that I am. So uh, yeah, well, I'm going to give him till tomorrow, and then I have the third person down on the list who is interested <laughs> in them, and I'll see if they're still interested. And if not, I'll just put another ad up on Craigslist. Sure. You have no desire to keep one of them? I like. The really, really cute one? I really do like the, the one very really symmetrical, symmetrical one. <laughs> and he's actually not related to the other two females. Mm. So we could keep him and breed him back. Yeah. But then we'd be separating brothers. I know. Somebody, and one person offered to buy the one, the lighter colored one, because they have two Nigerian girls. Oh, okay. Um, but again, we're separating the babies. And even though he'll be going to a home with somebody else, then we have, you know... Yeah. Not that it matters. They'll get thrown back in with everybody else. Yeah, right. It really doesn't matter because at the end of the day, also, they're goats. Yeah. Um, But. (laughs) And, you know, we've separated families before. Last year. We have. Last year, the goat that just had two had three, which is funny that she only had two because it seemed like everybody this year was throwing extras. But and she's the biggest girl we have. But um, last year she had triplets and we kept one and sold two. 
That's true. So, yeah, so it's happened before. It's happened. These these are really cute. They are. Baby goats, though. And, and we sold Freckles' a, sister. Yeah. And they've got a lot of personality. So we could... Uh, we could. And Brutus is, like, perfectly symmetrical. Right. Even though he's got crazy polka dots, they are really symmetrical on his body. The problem, though, is that... Boys and feed and... Right, exactly. And so then you've got to... Yeah, you've got to put them... I guess you could keep them together if we kept both boys. You could house them together so they weren't by themselves. They could also be with um, Frankie. Yeah. And he, uh, he, he'd be the, the bachelor uncle of the little boys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I'm trying to sell him. I know, because last year I kind of felt like we had too many goats. Yes. At and some point. We're, we were, we're down to five adults. Yeah. And that's that's good. We yeah. need to bring in a. If we don't keep a boy, we're gonna have to get a new one anyway. If we want to breed for next year, right? But I'm hoping I can just borrow somebody for a couple of weekends and yeah, do it that way. But weekend at uh, Corny's. Yeah, they do it. Uh, <laughs> what do they call it? The driveway dates. <laughs> <laughs> See, this should be an option on the FarmersOnly.com <laughs> website, right? Like a, a way to meet people. Uh, so, what animals do you have? Goats. Chickens, oh, would you be interested in a driveway date, right? <laughs> right. We'll bring our goats to meet yours, and we'll give you some eggs, and maybe <laughs> if we get along, too, then it might be a second date. Speaking of uh, of eggs, um, so an update on the new chickens as well. Don't do that. That's crunchy in the oh, microphone. Sorry. It's okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. I have to tell Missy, don't play with the Easter don't grass play with there. The Easter grass. Makes crunchy sounds. Um, so the new chickens are... Oh God, they're so stupid. Not really adapting. No, that well. they're not. They're all. I, I I put them all. So we have like a big run off of the coop that's all chicken wire, and I kept them on lockdown for an entire week. week. Yeah. And then I thought, well, let's let them out for free range. And the rooster went off with his usual charges, and those new six were like, what? And they kind of like went in complete different directions. And at night. I thought everybody, but I was counting and I couldn't tell because I'm not I'm not used to the new ones yet. Mm-hmm. And then I go out to milk Easter morning, and I'm getting late. It starts like eight thirty. I'm sitting there and I look in the yard, and here comes a chicken just casually walking across the yard, one of the new red ones. And I'm like, while the other chickens are still everybody's still locked, locked up. up. Like, right. why are you out when everyone is in the coop? Because I don't like to let the chickens out before I milk in the morning because mm-hmm. they try to get into the feed bin too, and I'm just kicking chickens away trying to milk. It's like she stayed out after curfew. She stayed like out after to curfew. Sneak and, back into the house, right? You know, like, well, she did it again the next night. Next night we go to check on the chickens, mm-hmm. and I think, okay, well, before I lock everybody up, let me go look because I had seen her. Hanging around the goat pen earlier. Right, and sure sure enough, enough, she was up on the fence, chilling out. I grabbed her, made her hang upside down the walk of shame back to the coop and put her up <laughs> in the floor. And then everybody's been on lockdown again since then. So no more free ranging for them for a couple more days. But I did get a flock block tonight. So yeah, so they'll be fine. They'll but, be fine uh, for food and stuff. I mean, I've been feeding them and they have a bucket of water in there. It's just boring and it's dirt. Right. Hopefully they get it. But if they don't, I, we're having this discussion right now. Do we need to add another rooster? Because. You know, Chip does have his charges that he's used to now, and the number of chickens, the number of hens there, it is sort of at the upper limit of what a well, rooster yeah, would normally... Yeah, they should have, like, about a dozen, and that's about where we are. We have 13, I think. Yeah. We had... F- no, I guess not. Wait. We had... We had seven, and two got killed, so I thought we had five girls. No, I guess not. We have four... We had seven girls, and then yeah. we added six, so we have 13. So, yeah, so we're at the upper echelon of that. But if that Houdini girl doesn't get the hang of it, we can always just throw her in the freezer and then he'll be good that's true but we well no because we still have five others that you know he's not paying much attention no, to that's so true. i'm still thinking we probably need to add another rooster well he's paying to attention mix. to him well 
that kind of attention. He's, well, I'm sure but once it, that happens, and everything else will <laughs> hopefully come in line. But yes, he is he is making sure that they get their attention, uh, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. All right. Why don't we take a, a quick time out? When we come back, we have sprouts as well. The yes. uh, seeds have started to uh, spring up here, and uh, they're also at the kitchen table with us because we have nowhere else to put them right now. <laughs> right now. But we'll uh, talk about how our garden is growing. We want to hear how yours is growing as well. Now that we are in the uh, the thick of springtime, the email address, as always, is 40acrefool at gmail.com, 40acrefool at gmail.com. Stick around. We've got more 40 Acres in a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network coming up right after this. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this, uh, this company, He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and, kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is their word is their bond and they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a thousand agents across the country and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through real estate agents, I trust it's sent to somebody who already you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is real estate agents. I trust dot com. Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool. Here on the Blaze Radio Network, Cam Edwards, Miss Keeney. Bullet is uh, asleep. Well, he was until I said his name <laughs> at our feet. And then, he, then he opened up his eyes, but he didn't lift up his head. He just kind of looked up like, what? What? What do you want from me? So, uh, I mentioned before the break here, okay, we're doing the show. Now you have to stop playing, paying attention to social media. You're talking. Yeah, I know, but I'm talking to you. I was liking your picture on, <laughs> on Instagram. Well, thank you. You're I welcome. appreciate that. <laughs> better yep okay so we were talking before the break about uh our garden which is slowly starting so the seeds that we planted in the house uh are starting to to go and it looks like it looks like all of the uh different types we've got cucumbers we've got tomatoes we've got peppers right are the peppers started i know a couple of days ago they had not but you said those take a little bit longer yeah i don't think they've popped up yet everything else seems to be got something in it and then the broccoli it's like rapini Something else, and then Brussels sprouts. They're all looking good, but I'm going to have to thin them out this weekend. We're going to have to put them in bigger pots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also this weekend. Uh, so last weekend, the plan was bust out the uh, rototiller and <laughs> rototill the garden so we could start planting the stuff that can go in place, like the beets and the beans carrots and, and carrots and onions. Probably not onions yet. No, but, I have to get uh, onions and potatoes. Uh, that didn't happen because... We couldn't get it to turn on. Yeah, we couldn't get it started. So, I And it's our fault. 
on my finger as a result. Yeah, we stored it with gas. It's probably got water in the carburetor and just yada, yada, yada. Yeah, so here's your foolish tip of the week. Um, when uh, fall comes and... Empty all the gas. Right, out, out of, of all, all of your, of your implements. Yes, because yes, otherwise you'll have a hard time uh, starting it up there in the spring. The ironic thing about that was is that afternoon I was walking past the television and there was a commercial about somebody riding his lawn tractor and then it died and, and the, the thing was like, nothing ruins your plans for the day like when your tools don't work and it was a toy built commercial about their ready start and everything going and i'm like you lie there goes the uh, toy built endorsement uh deal no right. i mean it did it's our fault no, it is I, just, our fault. I, I just had that moment as i walked past i'm like it's, it was almost like a really really <laughs> they need a little disclaimer don't be a dumb bleep and yeah. uh, leave gas in the tank over winter yep. um but other than that so this weekend, it's a repair shop. Uh, yes, this is at the uh, the shop now, so it can uh, the carburetor can be uh, dried out. And this weekend, we will be digging out. So instead of we we're going to get rid of the raised garden beds. Yeah. Now we're going to keep the raised garden beds because we can't do unless we want to do the back breaking labor of digging all of them, double digging all of them, and turning them over, which I really, really don't want to do because there's like seventy of them. Right. And they're like four feet by eight feet with yeah. three foot paths in between. Well, we weren't going to we weren't going to use the entire garden anyway. No, we're, we're going to use, use like about, the top half. Yeah, maybe because we wanted to do some rows of corn too, and that takes up space. Nah, we decided not to do the corn because keep not didn't we get seed? We got to try it. I'm, I still just don't think it's worth it. I just want to but, try to grow it just even for animal food. See, you can tell we pre-plan what we're going to be talking about. We here. don't pre-plan anything. <laughs> Every once in a while, we go, what are we going to talk about this week? Oh, I thought we could mention blah. Right, but most of the time, we no. We kind of wing it. Yeah. All right, well, I guess we can plant corn there. I just want to make sure that we get the stuff that we need to get down. Yeah, down. the food that we eat. Yeah. Which is corn. I mean, we we do. I just think that the time and energy spent growing corn on a small scale is just not worth the effort. I it's, just want... We bought the seeds because you wanted to try it two years ago right. and we haven't used it yet. Because so. I was I was even more foolish back then <laughs> than I am now. I have learned a couple of things uh, in my time here. So, and one of them is corn's pretty cheap yeah that's true i also want to um where we had the pigs last we were talking about maybe putting plants up there and i think we should just go ahead and rake it up in places and then throw some pumpkin seeds and some squash seeds and let them take over that part yeah because the, they took they over our garden well and they and and the stray uh, and the stray pumpkins, yeah the volunteer gardens seeds. over in that area did okay so i think in the area that we've got it it's all completely cleared by the way uh we so we can't rototill the back garden, but we do have the hogs working on a front section for us right. because they are the best rototillers on the planet. Yeah, just have to clean up and do pooey duty. But after that, they're they're working that plot. That'll be great. That'll be ready for tomatoes. Yeah, and so to that end, we were also planning last Saturday. We were going to uh, process a couple of the hogs, but decided not to do that because too busy. Well, we're, we're getting ready for Easter. We don't really have a tree to hang it. There were a lot of issues, but yeah. the other thing is they are still clearing out the garden space, and I want as many of them in there doing that yeah. so that it gets cleared out as quickly as possible. Yeah, um, yeah. we don't have a, a tree to really throw the uh, the gambrel over, so we need to get uh, some sort of A-frame that we can you know, just set up and, and store when we're not using it so yeah. that we have a 
place to hang the hogs and the goats. And I think they just sell that hardware because they made it like they have one of those uh, here, what you can make in your yard for real quick commercial on like the DIY channel. Mm -hmm. And it's to make a a A-frame swing so that you can hang like a like a, a bench swing from it. Okay. But they sell that hardware that all you have to do is pretty much it, it holds the metal pieces work as like support and framework so that you're all you're doing is really attaching the wood and it all holds it together with nothing fancy. Oh, okay. So it should be fairly simple to construct. We just have to get the right play playground hardware. Yeah, so that was another project that uh, got put off. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good news is uh, I, I, well, I say good news. I got to mow the yard for the first time. And, and that started right up. <laughs> yeah, thankfully. Thankfully, that did start right up. Uh, we and did we had, get. We had a nice Easter. Yeah, I was going to say. We, we had a lovely Easter. Our oldest son came home with his girlfriend, and his girlfriend's brother came down as well, who was going to help butcher the hog. And then we decided not to butcher the hog, but he came down. He wanted to see the farm and, and meet the animals and stuff like that. He's got. He, he has an idea that eventually that he would like to also have like a little homestead thing. But right now they're living close to where he works because he's a butcher mm-hmm. as trade. And so it's kind of cool because he never did the killing and that breaking down. He usually gets the pieces already and just has to break him into sections right. and steaks and stuff. So, And the other thing is he wanted to come down was um, he was going to take half a hog because he's going to make a big charcuterie, different charcuterie plate for his wedding in September. So he wants to start working on that. Yeah. So it'll still happen. But it was like, I think this was his first Easter. Because I think Nikki's only been with us a couple times. They're, they're Jewish, so they don't... Easter is like, whoosh. Right. It's not a holiday. Like, Christmas, they kind of have their thing that they do because Christmas is a day off, no matter what. <laughs> and so you have to do something. And, and their their tradition was, like, get Chinese food and watch... Uh, uh, was that one that you love a so Christmas much? Story. A Christmas story. Um, and it was kind of funny. So when she was here for Christmas, we sort of did that, too. We had our Christmas, and then for dinner, we had an early dinner, and then we had a late Chinese food dinner. We watched the Christmas story. And then... Uh, which was fun because I'd always wanted to have Chinese food for dinner and I never had been able to. Yeah, so, and I never Christmas wanted to time. do it because it just seems so cliche and <laughs> sad. Um, and I didn't eat anyway. I was like, okay, yeah, you guys all eat Chinese food. It'll be fine. Um, so it's neat to, to have people over who don't usually celebrate Easter. They, they Even the big kids did the Easter egg hunt in the yard. Mm-hmm. I'm yep. sure we'll still probably find eggs in the yard. In the rain. Yep. In the oh, rain. I know, in the drizzle, too. Right. But uh, we cannot let that stop the Easter egg hunt from taking place. Nope. And I made all the things that I love to make. We made the Siddic and Pasca, which is... Siddic is a Ukrainian egg cheese. It's sort of like scrambled, hard-boiled egg. It's hard to describe. Yeah. It's deliciously creamy and awesome with ham and bread. Um, and then I made a ham from ham bone. We, I started it about a month ago, and then we smoked him on smoked it on Saturday, and it mm-hmm. was awesome for breakfast on Sunday. Thank you, ham bone. And then pasca, which is a, a Ukrainian. It's kind of like a brioche because it's got eggs and butter in the bread itself, mm-hmm. but it's the big round loaf that has like a braided cross on it. As my chuchi pro used to always make them for Easter, and she'd always send everybody home with a loaf of bread. Um, but I made when I posted my pictures, one of my aunts said, All right, "I'm going to put in a uh, well, I got to put in an order for next year." Is the Easter bread from the, the the store isn't cutting it, and then I had put it. I posted um, on on my uh, my blog. I put a like a photo tutorial of how to make Siddic, and I kind of put it there for the older girls in that family if they want to learn how to make it. Mm-hmm. But my uncle saw it and he tagged my aunt, and her comment was, 
I think scrambled eggs and farmer's cheese will work. And I just, I busted up a gut laughing when I read her comment. I was like, yeah, no. You can't take scrambled eggs and mix it up with farmer's cheese and pass it off acidic. It's not going to work. And I about giggled. But now even she can try it maybe next year. So. There you go. So did you, you use our eggs for the acidic, right? Mm-hmm. Did, did the acidic turn out much more it's, yellow? Oh, yeah. It's yellower yeah. than acidics have passed. Yeah. Yeah. The, ever since we started having farm fresh eggs, the acidics are... In, well, okay, so it used to be that the Cidics were more of like a really pale yellow, like this. Almost like a butter. Like a butter yellow. And right. now the Cidic is more orange. Okay. It's definitely got an orangey, because the yolks are like marigoldy orange mm-hmm. on a farm range, free range egg. All right. Well, we are uh, sitting here at the kitchen table, Missy, Cam Edwards. We're going to take another time out. When we come back, we've got uh, an email to get to. Again, we would love to hear what's going on with uh, your garden and your farm. A lot of beekeepers, too, I know, that uh, who are listening. So I'd love to hear how things are going with the hives as well. The email address, 40acrefool at gmail.com. Stick around. We'll be right back with more right after this. This is 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. Speaking from a man who has an ex-wife, I can't condone hijacking an aircraft over an ex-wife, but I understand it. Damn it with the ex and you said that and now you're doing the expenses and the child's alimony. Ah! I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to hijack a plane. It's all your fault. The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for being a part of this week's edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. <laughs> it's uh, it's a Wednesday evening here at the kitchen table. It's getting late, apparently, because I just looked over and uh, Missy, the barn door was open. You're splitting Long on. day. Sorry. Well, yeah. You've been busy, though. I mean, this week, so not only in addition to all the other stuff that's been going on, this week is spring break for the kids, and so yeah. you've been at home. You've been uh, the Julie uh, in our farm love boat. You've been our social director uh, yes. this week, right? Yep. Can't remember what Julie was. It Julie McCoy? Yeah. Um, yes, it was actually Julie McCoy. Wow. Very good. Don't know how I recalled that, but uh, so you've been busy with the kids. Oh, was uh, it Captain McCoy? No, it was well, Captain, Captain McCoy. Captain Stubing, and it was Julie McCoy. Julie McCoy. I yep. think. Hmm. I had no idea that I had brain cells actually carrying that information forward from the uh, late 1970s. The love boat. I have the. The, I, I can probably sing. I know. Yeah. I bet you could. We used to watch I, that on my grandparents. But I don't think we can do that because then I think it gets edited out because we're not allowed to sing don't copywritten sing. Yeah. material. Although, so. I don't think the Love Boat people would really care. <laughs> I think they'd probably be very happy about Somebody it. Somebody remembered but, uh, our song. Right. Exactly. Um, anyway, so uh, this week was also our youngest's birthday. Yeah. And so uh, they yesterday you, uh, you actually went to a mall, which requires quite a drive from Farmville. Uh, and then tomorrow, our uh, oldest son at home, the 15-year-old, uh, what his best friend moved 
last year, can, about an hour and 15 minutes or so away, maybe an hour and a half. half. Okay. Actually, when you're driving it, it's <laughs> yeah. an hour and a half. I know. If the crow, if you go by the crow flies, you know, it'll only be like 50 minutes or so, but yeah, it but is over a mountain. We get those mountains, uh, those right? persnickers. So, Pesky mountains to get over and around is, yeah. So you are uh, being a champ, mm-hmm. and uh, you're going to go pick up the friend. Uh, or the friend and then take the kids to a uh, trampoline park. Trampoline park, yep. Oh, I'm so jealous that I'm going to miss the trampoline park. I'll go do your show, and you could do that instead. You could do the driving <laughs> and the crabby and the taking. I'm not, the I'm, not, I'm not missing out on the drive so much. I, love, <laughs> I do love to drive, but uh, I did that drive not long ago, it seems, and... Uh, yeah, that's okay. But the trampoline stuff is fun. I, I hope so. I bought a ticket for me. I hope it doesn't stink. I, I hope so. We haven't been to this place. We went to one. I've never been to one. I, I took you the took kids the, up the, yeah. to one in Northern Virginia um, probably about a year ago. And we decided we'd, as much fun as it was, at, to, at the time, I thought this was the only one that there was in the state of Virginia. And so I was like, okay, whatever. It's a two-hour drive. We'll do it once. And it was rainy and miserable, and people were Took car sick. And, it was, yeah. <laughs> and, and the, the ride up was awful, and the ride home was awful. But the time spent in the trampoline place was fun. Uh, this is a lot closer, so I hope that I so hope that it's not just like up, like two little exercise trampolines. And okay, kids, take turns. No, you know, this like, is apparently it's like. 30, 80, 30,000 square feet. It's got like wow. 50 different things and stuff. Yeah, it seems really large. So hmm. we'll see how it goes. We bought our timed tickets. See, we need that in Farmville. We need to take one of those old factories that used to employ thousands of people and now no longer does and is just sitting vacant. We need to turn that into a trampoline park that can employ like 12 people. Yeah. Because that's the new economy. And... <laughs> It'll give something for people to do for exercise because, you know, we really need places for fun exercise down around here. We do. That's why we have problems with the urban people and the fatness. And the the, the rural people and the fatness. I meant the rural. rural. Like, there's a a really weird percentage that the, the rural America is getting larger and not in a good way. Well, it's because we're not... You know, let, let, if you lived in the country, let's say, 50 years ago. You really had to work. Yeah, yeah absolutely. First of all, you really did have to work. Yeah. Your, your, you know, your daily life was much more strenuous. Um, B, I would say that uh, maybe, you know, maybe in the 1950s people had, had cars and stuff. But, you know, for a long period of time, you were probably walking a lot of places. Oh, then uh, you were having to work outside to get your food and everything else to go and now it's a little more instant even farmers have computer programmed um big giant equipment that they can pretty much drives themselves around fields using gps and yeah last week on the program when you weren't here i was uh indulging my favorite activity of talking about books for a long period of time um sorry any family members that might have been bored by that but uh anyway um there was a passage that I was reading from uh, Whitaker Chambers Cold Friday where he was talking about uh, haying. Mm. And this was early 1960s, late 1950s when he was writing about it and how he was out there for eight hours and he was out there after the sun had gone down and he was haying by the headlights of the truck because that's all that he had and it had to get done. Right. Uh, and he basically said, you know, I, I understand why farmers want better technology i understand why they don't want to do this backbreaking labor because it sucks it's yeah. backbreaking labor yeah it's backbreaking labor so you know I, I i get it but you're right um we just don't have the activity that we that we used to no. uh and it's not the strenuous lifestyle i mean it isn't for everybody 
Which is why this is not just a rural problem. But, no, it's, uh, a, it's an everything problem. But a, a trampoline park would be a fun way of helping to alleviate that yeah, and concern. Yeah, there's two colleges and give the college kids something right? new that's fun. I mean, maybe we need to... Maybe we don't we have to... the, you know, Liberty Snowflex, but... No, we, have we a, don't. You know, but we what if we had the Longwood launch pad? There you right? go. What That'd, if we had work. The... <laughs> That'd work. Put it in one of those big old buildings downtown. Right? I think yeah, Farmville needs its own trampoline park. Maybe we can like uh, get some federal funds for this from the Let's Move program or something. Oh, I think that they would like right. that because they're always about you know exercise and as long as we can have like you know homegrown non GMO organic snacks for sale <laughs> and kombucha and organic wheatgrass and stuff like that. Right. Then the government would pay for it. We could have some sort of you know ice cream stand right next door with funnel cake. Oh, yeah. Got to give the kids some sugar. Exactly. (laughs) Here, we're talking about exercise to be healthier, and we're going to fill them full of garbage. Well, you know, they'll have had their exercise. They'll work off. They can have their sugar. Exactly. Or the other way around. You probably want to eat afterwards, I would think. I wouldn't think you'd want to have a whole lot of heavy funnel cake and then start bouncing around. That would probably be Nah, I was just thinking about that, too. As far as timing, I'm like, hmm, I guess we're going to have to have lunch after. Probably so. I might want to bring a snack or something. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that would... Not not good to eat and then just bounce as hard and high as you can no. for an hour. Especially you know? since it'll probably weigh us down, too. Exactly. And you want to go higher. Maximum flight. Yeah. Probably exactly. wear my sports bra. <laughs> probably so. <laughs> Again, not pre-scripted, not pre-planned. Just uh, off the cuff and ad-lib. If you are, you're right. I don't have to worry about that. I no. did take my hat off, though, so my hat would <gasps> fly off. You took your hat off? I know. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. It that's, does happen occasionally. I was say, that's, that's pretty impressive. You took your hat off. <laughs> it also does not have anything in your pocket, so I'm like, where do you put your car keys? Uh, they have little cubby holes. Oh, okay. And I think you can probably rent a locker if you want to lock stuff up. Okay. Yeah. So. That'll work. That's what we did last time. Okay. Although, I do have to say, like, the one in Northern Virginia that we went to, it just seemed to be, throw your shoes wherever and, you know, hope that they're just shoes all over the place. No, that's not acceptable. We have so, to put them in right? a locker. I know. I'll get everybody a locker. Well, I'll get a big locker and put all stuff in it. I do hope that you have fun. This was one of our, our plans when we actually moved into the house. We, we started a trampoline fund with all of our spare change, and we've been collecting our spare change since we moved in with the idea that one day we'll get a tramp- we will buy a trampoline. But not like the – it has to be a – we want to we wanna, – Okay, plain speaking. I want a trampoline that's going to be able to hold up my fat ass. <laughs> and the ones that you could get at Walmart and the sporting goods stores, they have a weight limit on them that's not like, oh, well, there, you got put two five-year-olds on it. Woohoo! That's awesome. Right. But that's not going to... Mm. So, yeah, I want a bigger trampoline. Then. Yeah. And I, I, I get fast. I mean, I, you know, I'm in my early 40s now, but I want a trampoline. Not just for my kids. I want a trampoline. Like growing up, I always wanted a trampoline. And a couple of my friends actually had trampolines. There was one friend of mine, John, who, this lucky son of a gun, had a trampoline and he had a three wheeler. One of our friend's kids is like that. Really? Yeah. They have a trampoline and he got a three wheeler. Oh, kid's so lucky. Yeah. Well,. I don't know. The three wheelers a little bit uh, pricier, but and now they they come in four wheel versions, and yeah. I think I'd rather have a four wheeler. Yeah. But uh, back then, you got the three wheels, and you were happy about it. I right? had a motorcycle, and I was thrilled. My little brother, <laughs> sister, and I all shared a Kawasaki 
like an 80 cc motorcycle and we were happy uh, one helmet have, one motorcycle between the three of us <laughs> i would have been happy with that as well so i, I do I, I i would like to you know recapture a little bit of that uh, lost youth and I want to put the trampoline. trampoline though. I want to put it. I want to have one. We're definitely going to get one, but I want to put it at like at ground level. So when people come driving down the driveway, they see these people jumping in the air and they don't know where they're coming from. They're just like flying people in the air. I'm like, oh, it's magic. Right. I've seen that done before. On, on like a lot of the, the garden shows. Yeah. Like the, like the yard crashers. And they then just there was this, dig the trench. And yeah. Then... You just dig a space, put the, put some pads down there. Like even the big cement things, just put, put the feet on and then you got it right. in the hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got we've got digging in the garden to do first though. I know, I know. That's like this is this is why we've had this dream Trampoline for three fun. years yeah, because, because everything like, else something something comes up <laughs> exactly. <sighs> but it's nice to have those dreams. Yes. you know, one day exactly. they'll be able to pull me up on my wheelchair and throw me on the trampoline. <laughs> and I'll just start bouncing from you know. This Hopefully, movement. before hips and knees start giving out, the uh, the trampoline fun will will come to fruition. Yeah, because I'm thinking it's not gonna be really hard to jump on a trampoline and a walker. Probably not the best idea. No. no. All right, we're going to take a, a timeout. When we come back, we've got some thoughts from you to get to. Stick around. There's more 40 Acres in a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network coming up right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Library of Congress put some new entries in. The Library's National Recording Registry, which aims to preserve sound recordings that have great cultural and historic importance to the United States. The oldest edition this year is Let Me Call You Sweetheart by the Peerless Quartet from 1911. All-time classic, right? I mean, who didn't have a grandfather that would sing that? Let me call you sweetheart. Oh, yeah, come on. The Jeff Fisher Show. Saturday morning, 6 to 8 Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Blaze Radio Network. So I can definitely, I don't know if this was just a a random occurrence or if this is because when you're not on the show, Missy, uh, that all of a sudden people lose the the urge to write in. But we had (laughs) a lot of emails last week and I thank everybody for writing in, which made it easy since uh, you were sick and... I was flying solo, but this week we uh, we only have one lonely, sad email Aww. to get to. I know the uh, the inbox was sad uh, from Trent, who uh, wrote in and said, uh, "Glad you're feeling better. Sorry, the rest of the family joined you with the ick." Mm-hmm. And uh, and now Trent, I'm sure is glad that uh, that you are feeling better. First, he says the happier stuff. Uh, our chicks are four weeks old today, mostly feathered out, and have been transferred to Coop 2.0. The older birds are still in my original coop and have been ranging more lately that the weather started to break. The coop build went better than expected, actually, though kind of like Miss E's greenhouse. I wouldn't be happy if I had built it for someone else, but since it's for me, it'll be fine. Yeah, he had pictures on Instagram. I thought it turned out pretty good. I like the way he did the roof. Uh, We're not as bad off as Wisconsin, Trent says, but northern Indiana still can't make up its mind about the weather. Sunday was nice and 60-ish. By next Sunday, they're saying that we may not make it out of the 20s. Oof. So, real garden progress is still a couple of weeks away. Uh, may is my target area, says uh, Trent. Have the garden tilled and things ready to go on May 1st, and I'll be all right. Yeah, and we have a May, we have a frost date that's until then. And then one night next week, we're supposed to go down to 30. Yeah, so, so we'll probably get another freeze or two, which I, makes me feel better. And that's the thing, like, you know, this is this is why spring is so, such, so, so cruel, right? Because... It always starts out 
And this year, it actually has started out a little bit earlier than normal. I saw that the cherry blossoms peaked like 16 days earlier than they did last year in D.C. So it is early. Uh, And so you get ready. You're like, okay, we're going to be good to go. And then it's, you know, you get a week and a half of like mid 70s. You're like, oh, wow, spring is here. All right. I'm going to put stuff in. Oh, no. And then it all dies. it freezes. Right. Exactly. Which is what happened to us last year. Yeah. So I am... I, I, I'm okay with the fact. I, look, wait. I'd love to have the garden, you know, cleared out and ready to go. But at the same time, I do understand it's yeah. not even April yet. Mm. Um, so I just, I, I always feel like we're the last ones in the world to get our garden in. You know I what know. I mean? I know. That's because we have over, um, you know, we have overbearing friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're just good. They're just... They're, they get it done. Like, that's the thing. Yeah, they do. You know what? They do. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not comparing myself to anybody. I know how much I overbearing can isn't even the word that you want. To, overachieving. Overachieving. I think is, you don't want. <laughs> no, not they're not overbearing. None of my friends are overbearing. They're just overachievers. They're like, ooh, I'm like, whatever. I'll get it done. They, I still have food. They're good. They're good. But I, I'm glad that there are friends. Anyway, uh, uh, Trent says I spent a fair bit of Sunday working on turning the mulch and weeding the blueberry bushes and laying out the garden expansion and working on the plans for the pig hut. Uh, that hopefully we'll have a feeder hog in it in the next two or three weeks. It's not spring yet, but there's enough of it to have me buggy. Mm-hmm. I, I totally get you. Yep. Our blueberries, uh, I looked at them over the weekend. I was a little concerned because the goats had been nibbling on them uh, periodically over the fall. But yep. we're starting to get some buds there. And- yeah, the one that comes in earlier, because we have two different types of blueberries out there. One's a taller variety that comes early, and then there's another variety that comes in. It's almost like... The first one starts, and we got a couple of weeks of blueberries, and then the second one starts to come in, and then we have tons and tons of blueberries. Oh, absolutely. Um, now, Trent also talked about that piece by uh, Kevin Williamson in National Review that uh, I, I talked about last week as well. And Trent says, uh, Kevin's piece disappoints me, as did his small farm piece uh, a while back. I don't know, Kevin, beyond occasionally reading his work, but I thought your rebuttal with Whitaker Chambers' words was well-crafted. His words, bullets doing Are you okay? something. So he's doing a little dance. Well, no, he was he was like stuck. And he oh. was going, all he needed was that beep. Because he's slowly trying to back up. It's so funny. He really does think he's way bigger than he is. Yeah, he's a big boy. He's a very big dog. He's 100. He was 116, 117 pounds his last checkup. Yeah, but Um, he's not as. But he's not as big as as he he thinks thinks he is. is. Because he'll so he'll stand here and he'll cry because he'll be stuck behind something, or he like just now (laughs) backs up awkwardly. And I just look. I'm like, what? What is wrong with him? Sorry. Anyway, uh, Trent says, I don't know, Kevin, beyond occasionally reading his work, but I thought your rebuttal with Whitaker Chambers' words was well-crafted. His words bother me on a couple of levels because I've been confronted with them several times. And the words meaning that basically small-town America is dying, Rust Belt America is dying, uh, small farms are dying. They're all uh, anachronisms. And if you want to uh, get a job, then leave uh, these places, you slack-jawed yokel. And the reason why you're probably there in the first place is because your uh, ancestors were too stupid to move out. Oh, that's really right. Um, yeah, it kind of was. And I like Kevin, uh, and I think that Kevin is a smart guy. But uh, Who I, is I, this Kevin? Kevin Williamson of National Review. You've not met him. Oh, okay. But, uh, he, you know, I, look, I said, like I said, I, I like Kevin. I just uh, happen to disagree with him on this um the subject. Anyway, Where, Trent. Where's he from, though? Uh, born in West Texas, now lives in New York City. <laughs> Let the record show that the was from Missy. Yeah. I still think that Kevin's a, a good guy. I just disagree with him on this. Anyway, Trent says, 
Uh, when I graduated college in 2006, I struggled to find work, and I was told that I would have to leave rural northeast Indiana. That the lessons and way of life that I had grown up with needed to be turned in for a studio apartment in Chicago or Indy or Louisville if I wanted to succeed. As I currently look for work, I'm hearing the same. Beyond the fact that I find it ridiculous on its face, since we live in the email, cell phone, Skype age, and work can be done from almost anywhere, I realized several years ago that for me, a job title wasn't a life title. I educated myself, and for a long time, I thought that what I did was who I was. I needed the validation of academia, and I justified it all in the name of success. It took very little time to realize that family meant more than any of that, and that the ability to spend a fall day hunting rabbits over my grandfather's beagles or helping him plant his garden meant far more to me than a cocktail after work or unappreciated overtime. Trent says, I've spent the last three weeks building a new chicken coop of my design, by my own hand, by myself. I have more sense of accomplishment with my sad little chicken coop than anything I did while at my last employer. I'm proud of providing my three chickens what they need to produce eggs and feeding myself and my wife with them. Turning the ground every spring, canning beans, making pickles, milling tomatoes for salsa and marinara by my own hand, bring me more joy than any paycheck or promotion. And that is what Kevin misses. That's what those in New York, Chicago, Indy, D.C. can never understand. They're consumers. They can't look at our communities through the eyes of the producers that hold them together. Trent says, I'm not mad at Kevin. I feel sorry for him that he doesn't know the value of a day spent in a haymo, that he can't cinch a saddle or hitch a pony to a wagon, that he doesn't know the difference between a harrow and a chisel. Sadly, he says, fewer and fewer do. And to me, that is why small and hobby hobby farmers matter so much, why small-town America still matters. Trent says, uh, sorry for rambling. This is becoming an unfortunate pattern. No, Trent, the the, uh, the word is not uh, unfortunate. unfortunate. You're looking for a different word there. And I, I appreciate what you said. Um, because, look, that's the thing. I mean, I am cognizant of the fact that and I, 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 Kevin's piece on small farms, um, I didn't read his piece, but I did see him talking about it on Twitter. And, you know, the one thing that he said uh, that I, I do have to agree with, as harsh as it is, he says that it's very hard for people to make a good living uh, as a small-scale farmer. Yeah, well, yeah. And that's true. It is. Not everybody, you know, there are the Joel Salatins of the world, but not everybody can be Joel Salatin. And no. Joel Salatin, um, you know, had some, uh, I, I think, built-in advantages. A, the fact that his parents had bought the farm that he is on. He still mm. had to do a lot of improvement to it, um, but, but you know, the, the, the land was already there. Right. I mean, if you're moving to a place and you're buying the land, you're already behind the eight ball from someone like our neighbors who've lived in this area for 200 plus years. Right. Um, so, you know, that, that, that's an issue. Um, but there is just some, you know, there, there are some issues that are baked into the cake of trying to be a small scale farmer, but that doesn't, I, I don't think that erases the value of this. Um, and as you said, Trent, you know, there is, I think, an intrinsic value in being able to do these things, to, to, to be capable. Do we have to, in 2016, know how to cinch a saddle? Do we have to know how to build a chicken coop? Uh, absolutely not. It would be helpful. But is, are these things still worthwhile to know? I would say yes. And then the tricks, too. Like if you have a horse who holds its breath. <laughs> I had a horse who held its breath. What do you do if a horse holds its breath? You elbow them in the guts. You elbow them in the ribs while you're pulling hard on the girth. <laughs> then they go, and, and they, they can't and, hold their breath anymore. Well, well there you go. <laughs> so I'm I'm with you, Trent. Um, I think that these that this way of life and the idea that um, small towns and you know what what I guess look like empty spaces on the map uh, that these places matter. 
still, I think, is, is absolutely true. It certainly matter to the people who still live in there doing it. Well, that's the thing. You know, a, a, a spot can look awfully empty on a map. And then when you get there, uh, you find out that there's actually a, a real community there. I remember when we were looking at, uh, at potential homes, we had a Saturday when we drove over to West Virginia and we looked at uh, three or four homes there, and there were some empty spaces on the map. Uh, oh, yeah. And and yet, you know, in these little valleys, you'd find not just you know one house there, but you'd find a couple of people all little, little yeah, together, a little, whole little community little there. Commune in in each of the little well, not really a commune. I think it was their own space, but probably like a lot of times it's like the family. The the it's well, one of our sons has a family like this. They bought a bunch of land. And then the older, their, somebody's parents retired and they came to live on the land. They built a house for the parents to live. And then somebody's great uncle is retired and now they're building a place for him. And then there's an aunt on the property too. It's like this whole little family that the, everybody's coming together to live on the property now. That's, that's Ruffy snoring. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, this, apparently this is a scintillating podcast for our dogs anyway. No, they always do this. They, they When I'm at work, they both just lie around on the floor and sleep and snore. I just, yeah. I'm surrounded by snoring dogs all day long. <laughs> and all night long and all as night well. long. All right, well, why don't we wrap things up here? Thanks again for uh, tuning into this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Email address, we would love to hear from you, 40acrefool at gmail.com. Oh, one thing before we go. Mm. There was a question last week. I didn't have the answer to it because you weren't here. Oh. We had a request for your uh, recipe for your hot sauce. So I know that it involves oh. a boatload of peppers. Well, yeah. Um, so it's so to make the, fer- the the fermented pepper part, it's a you use a I just use mason jars. So you take like a quart sized mason jar and you like just pack it. Filled with as many peppers Sorry, as you can. So you just loudly. cut the stems off, but you kind of leave the caps on them. You can break them. You just shove them down in the jar. You pack as many pickles as you can with like five to ten to fifteen cloves of garlic, and then you you add the brine is two cups of water with two tablespoons of salt, and so you just add the brine until it's completely covered and you close it, and then you just let it sit for months and months and months. Um, the first couple of days, you got to remember to burp it because it's as it ferments, it's going to build up air. But you, I started them in August, and then I picked the last peppers after we had a freeze at the end of October, and I just kept adding them. And so when you've gotten to where you haven't fermented, and you can do it for as little as a week or as a little long as a month, one of the jars was actually a little bit older than a year old. It was from last year's batch. You uh, drain off all of the liquid, but save it. So you drain off all the brine into a container, and then you just start processing. So I did it in a two-stage thing. I processed all the, I, I chopped up all the peppers as finely as I could in the food processor. And then I put them all back into another bucket. I added vinegar and some and some of the brine back. And then I put it into the, in batches, I put it in the blender because you can get it finer liquid when you do it that way. Mm-hmm. And then you have to tweak back with a little bit more vinegar, a little bit more um, brine until you get the consistency you want. This is kind of like a sriracha thickness um, in the jars. And then that's it. There's nothing else added because the brine already had salt. Uh, the peppers are fermented. It's sort of by this very f- process of being fermented, they're going to be a bit preserved. And then the vinegar supposedly helps 
to preserve the sauce and then stop the fermentation process. He's doing that stuck thing again. He's really confused. Yeah, our dogs are so weird. All right. And it was all, and it was predominantly hot peppers, and then there was some sweets in there too. But it was just all kinds of peppers. So there you go. Easy peasy. Yeah, easy peasy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I hope that you have a fantastic week. Thanks again for joining us on the program. Until we talk again, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot, and we will see you here soon on 40 Acres and a Fool. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.